And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. These are the words of God. This is from John chapter 6, verses 39 and 40. Welcome to As the Waters Cover the Sea. My name is Adam Leposky. For those of you who don't know, this podcast is a show that will allow Christians to share their testimony with other believers and non-believers alike, and just to build up Christians in their faith and also to reach the lost with the gospel message. So in in future episodes, I will have other believers on the show, and we will talk about how God has powerfully powerfully worked in our lives uh, and share these stories with one another but for the purpose of this first show I decided I would share my own testimony that way you can learn a little bit about who I am where I come from and why I'm doing what I'm doing so I will begin I was raised in a Christian home in a small town in rural Minnesota and Uh, My dad was a pastor for many, many years. I had three brothers, and we just had a wonderful family, wonderful childhood. But in our teenage years, me and my brothers, we simply just wanted nothing to do with the church. I think we were all confused about what we believed, and yeah, we wanted nothing to do with with God um, and the church, and we... We still attended regularly because we sort of had to, and but yeah, we just there was no no belief, no true and saving faith um, at that at that point, and so yeah, I got into drugs and alcohol from a pretty young age, and um, and yeah, I just I wanted to live a a party lifestyle. I wanted to just have fun and and get drunk and and feel good all the time and so that was kind of where I was at I went off to college at the age of 18 but halfway through my freshman year I uh, got a call from my mom and and she told me that her and my dad were getting a divorce and this was something that just crushed me uh, completely it was as if my whole world had been flipped onto its head, um, and it was it was horrific. It's it's horrific whenever this happens, but you know when it when your dad is the pastor of a church, it is a it's a hard thing to to take in. It's a hard thing to uh, to really uh, work through, you know, and so. Yeah, it it broke my heart. You know, I love my parents dearly, and and of course I forgive them, but but this was a a radical uh, shift uh, or a a radical change in my life that had a huge impact on me. And so, yeah, I I was crushed, and I dove deep to the bottom of a bottle of booze. I was drunk every day, got into other drugs and alcohol, uh, mostly marijuana, but also cocaine and ecstasy, and, 
and I just wanted to be numb all the time. Um, you know, on into my 20s, I got into a lot of new age teaching, and I was really into meditation and ideas of raising my consciousness and, and becoming one with my higher self, and, and there are all sorts of ideas out there. And I wanted to ex explore them all. You know, studied aspects of Buddhism and Hinduism, and I was I was just looking for peace. <clears throat> I was looking for something. I needed my heart to be healed because I was so broken. My life was very chaotic, and it was it was just a, a wild party mixed in with some strange rituals and and techniques that I thought might heal me, might bring me peace. But there were multiple times when the drug use was so bad that I went into a drug-induced state of psychosis, and I had to be hospitalized. The drugs literally made me lose my mind. And you know, an experience like that is a hard thing to explain. You have moments of euphoria, moments of extreme paranoia, moments of extreme fear, moments of extreme confusion, and usually you feel like the whole world is against you. And so, yeah, it led to a lot of chaos in my life. But, but yeah, it's it seemed to be that the pattern was every time I would use drugs, particularly marijuana, for a long period of time every day. If I used enough of it, I would slowly but surely lose my mind. And this is well established, by the way, in the scientific literature that regular marijuana use can cause psychosis in perfectly healthy individuals. You know, we think of it as a mild drug and, you know, harmless um, and it is, I think, for most people, it's it's not going to cause psychosis. It's a select few. But yeah, I, I still think it, it does open you up to things at, at times that you really don't want to be opened up to. So as I said, there were, there were a few times when this happened to me throughout my 20s. And the last time was... Uh, in my early 30s in 2018, I hadn't touched drugs for several years, and so I had, I had stayed sane for that period of time. But for whatever reason, I wanted to get back into it. You know, I have the mind of an addict. I, I never really stopped drinking all those years, and I drank so heavily and caused a lot of pain in my family because of it but yeah so so in 2018 I got back into the the drugs and and this time I had a wife and I had a child who was one at the time and I remember that well the the summer of 2018 was a complete blur I don't remember any of it uh, maybe just flashes bits and pieces here and there but it was a complete blur, and at the end of at the end of the summer, I was completely out of my mind once again, and I had to be hospitalized once again. 
And so when you go into these situations in the hospital, they put you on heavy doses of meds. They put you basically they put you on horse tranquilizers, and and so I was extremely numb because of that. And I, I was on these heavy doses of meds when they let me out of the hospital. But for weeks after I was out of the hospital, I still had these horrifying experiences, seeing things and hearing voices that just chilled me to the bone. And, you know, you could chalk it up to hallucinations. You know, I know there's a medical explanation for these things, but I think there were some spiritual things happening as well that were very scary. So one night I remember hearing voices just filling my house. And, and I, my instinct was to run down the hall and chase after them. But I, I stopped myself because I, I knew that our alarm system was on. No one had broken into our house. There was no one physically in the in our house. And I, I stopped myself. I knew what was happening was spiritual. And I knew it was demonic. And I knew at the in that moment that demons flee at the name of Jesus. I knew that Jesus was the only one who could rescue me from whatever was happening and so of course I didn't want to wake up my wife and my child who were asleep and so I just remember whispering praying to Jesus shaking and crying in my bed and just begging him to help me and I, and I prayed myself to sleep and so amazingly those experiences stopped after that night. And and I, I was astonished, but I, I was not ready to just waltz back into church and be like, okay, I'm a believer. You know, this is this is what I, I do now, right? I, I wasn't ready to do that. And I'm the type of person, I just like to research everything. So I started to look for evidence for creation, evidence for a young earth, I started to look for evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. And the, the evidence for these things is overwhelming because it's true. All of it's true. But the problem is not a lack of evidence. It's not a lack of knowledge of God. It's a hardness of heart. And so anyway, I remember one day in the fall of 2018, I was in my kitchen. I was listening to a debate between a pastor and an atheist. I have no idea what the pastor said. I, I think he was quoting scripture, but I just felt that my heart was pierced. And I was completely broken over my sin and rebellion against God. I knew that Jesus was God. Jesus was, is the Messiah and that he was the only savior. And so I completely surrendered my life to Christ in that moment. And in that moment, it was like a switch was flipped in me. And all of a sudden, I couldn't get enough of the word of God. I was constantly in prayer. I was listening to sermon after sermon. 
the preaching of God's word, and I was in tears, completely broken over my sin, and all my desire was for Jesus. And God began to wildly transform my life, and I just began to hate the sin that I used to love. You know, one of the amazing things about that is in 2011, my mom had given me a Bible. And she wrote in there, May the Lord grant you an unquenchable thirst for him and for his word. And that is exactly what happened exactly seven years later. And I know that because she wrote the date in there. When she wrote in my Bible, she, she wrote the, the date. And it was exactly seven years later when God changed my heart. So we, we serve a powerful God, and he is not limited in his ability to save. And so for a few months after I was saved, you know, there, there were radical transformations in my life. But one of the things that just I couldn't get free from were, were these cravings for alcohol. And they were so horrific. I didn't want to drink I don't know if any of you have ever experienced addiction. It is a powerful thing. And, and I had these horrible cravings for booze. So I remember in the spring of 2019, I was begging God to take these cravings away from me, to take these desires away. And I must have prayed to him for about 20 minutes. And honestly, I didn't expect anything to happen. Um, oh, ye of little faith, right? <laughs> But I, I just kind of forgot that I even said the prayer. And then after a few days, I realized I hadn't had a single craving for alcohol. And God had just taken it from me in an instant. And, and I, I, to this day, I just I have zero desire to, to drink. And it's amazing because this is something that my wife had, she had been trying to get me to quit drinking for years. And she couldn't do it. And my son, the birth of my son, didn't change me. Didn't didn't encourage me to quit drinking at all. I, and God took it in an instant. And, and my wife will tell you that the reason she believes, one of the reasons is she saw God's powerful and transformative work in my life. And she knew only God could do something like that. No one else could. And so by the grace of God, we were both saved right around the same time. And God has worked dramatically in our lives. And so, yeah, if, if you would have asked me just a few years ago if I would be talking about Jesus, going to church, praying, reading my Bible, I would have just laughed at you. <laughs> I would have said, absolutely not. I wasn't looking for Jesus, but he chased me down. He loved me when I was still in love with my sin, when I didn't want him. And so, for those of you who don't know what the gospel is, the gospel is simply just a, a word that means good news. But if you, if you don't know what the bad news is, you're not really looking for good news. 
So you have to know what the bad news is first. The, the bad news is that we are all sinners. We have sinned against our Creator. We have sinned against a holy and righteous God. The Bible doesn't teach that Christians are good and that non-believers are not good. The Bible doesn't teach that churchgoers are good or you're good if you got confirmed or you're good if you did all these rituals. The Bible teaches that no one is good. No one is right before God. and We've all sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. The Bible says we are by nature children of wrath. We are haters of God, enemies of God. It's a hard thing for us to hear. But we don't know the depths of our own sin because we don't know the holiness of God, at least not as we ought to know it. And so the Bible teaches that everyone knows God. Everyone knows the God who created them. They may not know the name of Jesus, but they know who God is. They know that, that they've sinned before God, but we suppress the truth about God. We are actively holding down the truth about God, and we don't want him in our knowledge. We don't want anything to do with him, and we exchange the truth about God for a lie, and we worship and serve the creation rather than the creator. That is our natural state before we come to Jesus. The Bible says that God's eternal power and divine attributes have been clearly perceived ever since the foundation of the world so that all people are without excuse. God has shown us his power and his divine attributes in, in everything around us and we ourselves are created in the image of God and in his likeness. His law is written on our hearts. We know the things that are wrong. We know that there are things that are absolutely evil. And no one can say that they've done everything perfectly. No one can say that they've never done anything wrong in their entire lives. And that is because we know the absolute standard for what is good. You can't call anything evil unless you have an absolute standard for what is good. So the problem, like I said before, is not a lack of knowledge. It's not a lack of revelation. It's a hardness of heart. So that is the bad news. That is all of us. That's not It's just a few people. It's all of us. We've sinned before God, and our sin separates us from God. And the chasm between God and man is so great that nothing we do in our lives can bridge that gap. We can't make our way across this huge chasm. So God did it for us. God bridged the gap for us. God became flesh. God became a man and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a perfect life without sin. He lived the life that we should have lived. And he died the death that we deserve. Jesus took the wrath of God onto himself. 
the wrath of God against sin. He took it onto himself and he endured our punishment for us, for every person who would ever believe the wrath of God was exhausted onto Jesus. And so, yes, it was a horrific thing that happened. It was a horrific physically for Jesus, but also just for him to endure the wrath of God. He endured eternity in hell on a cross for everyone who would believe. And he could do that because he has an infinite capacity to absorb that wrath because he is God. So he died, he rose again, and he has ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is king over every inch of creation. Whether we like it or not, he is king. We're not voting for a king. It's not a democracy. Jesus is king over every inch. And he rules the nation, the nations, with a rod of iron. He is a powerful God, but he is also gentle and lowly. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I shall give you rest for your souls. For I am gentle and lowly of heart. Take my yoke upon, you, upon yourself and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly and, and you shall find rest for your souls. Jesus came to seek and save sinners. He came to seek and save the lost. He didn't come for those who are good because no one is good. And it is a free gift all you, all you have to do is turn from your sin, renounce your sin, turn to Jesus in faith. It is by faith, apart from works, that, that one is saved. And the moment you trust in Jesus, the moment you turn from your sin and trust in Him, you are saved. It is finished. It is done. So I would pray that everyone who hears this, whoever, whoever is not following Jesus, that they stop and, and, and they get on their knees and they pray to God to forgive them. So we are running out of time here. Um, so I, I will just wrap this up. Um, so if any of you... Uh, if any of you are interested, I have published my testimony. Um, you can find my book. There's a link to it on Instagram. Um, if you just look up Adam Leposky on Instagram, there's a link to it there. Otherwise, you can go to thebookpatch.com, look in their bookstore, and type in the key words, Make Straight His Paths. Um, that's thebookpatch.com, and the book is Make Straight His Paths. Um, and if you, if you are interested, you want to hear more about my story, or you want to hear more depth to my story, it's available there. And please share that, too, with, with anyone you think might need to hear it. Um, and please share this, this show with anyone who you think might need to hear it. And, and in this way, we can... We can reach the lost with the gospel message and, uh, 
share this gospel message until the knowledge of God fills the earth as the waters cover the sea. Thank you and God bless.